In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God in the highest. And And on earth, earth, peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty ever-living God, lead us to a share in the joys of heaven, so that the humble flock may reach where the brave shepherd has gone before who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. On the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up with the eleven and addressed the crowd with a loud voice. The whole house of Israel can be certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Hearing this, they were cut to the harp and said to Peter and the apostles, What must we do, brothers? You must repent. Peter answered, And every one of you must be baptised in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise that was made is for you and your children, and for all those who are far away, for all those whom the Lord our God will call to himself. He spoke to them for a long time, using many arguments. Then he urged them, Save yourself from this perverse generation. They were convinced by his arguments, and they accepted what he said, and were baptised. That very day, about three thousand were added to their number. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. Fresh and green are the pastures where he gives me repose. Near restful waters he leads me to revive my drooping spirit. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. He guides me along the right path. He is true to his name. 
If I should walk in the valley of darkness, no evil would I fear. You are there with your crook and your staff. With these you give me comfort. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. You have prepared a banquet for me in the sight of my foes. My head you have anointed with oil. My cup is overflowing. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. Surely goodness and kindness shall follow me all the days of my life. In the Lord's own house shall I dwell for ever and ever. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. A reading from the first letter of St. Peter. The merit in the sight of God is in bearing punishment patiently when you are punished after doing your duty. This, in fact, is what you are called to do, because Christ suffered for you and left an example for you to follow the way he took. He had not done anything wrong, and there had been no perjury in his mouth. He was insulted and did not retaliate with insults. When he was tortured, he made no threats, but he put his trust in the righteous judge. He was bearing our faults in his own body on the cross, so that we might die to our faults and live for holiness. Through his wounds you have been healed. You had gone astray like sheep, but now you have come back to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. I am the good shepherd, says the Lord. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, I tell you most solemnly, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold through the gate, but gets in some other way, is a thief and a brigand. The one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the flock. The gatekeeper lets him in, the sheep hear his voice, one by one he calls his own sheep and leads them out. When he has brought out his flock, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow because they know his voice. They never follow a stranger but run away from him. They do not recognise the voice of strangers. Jesus told them this parable, but they failed to understand what he meant by telling it to them. So Jesus spoke to them again. I tell you most solemnly, I am the gate of the sheepfold. All others who have come are thieves and brigands. But the sheep took no notice of them. I am the gate. Anyone who enters through me will be safe. He will go freely in and out and be sure of finding pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it to the full. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So in order to understand something of the parable which Jesus gives us here in John chapter 10, we need to know something of the way that sheep were shepherded in Jesus' time. Now, in these days, we're accustomed to having a paddock fenced off. The fence marks out the farmer's property and are penned in by the fences which the farmer puts up. 
The sheep in Jesus' time, however, weren't released into a paddock as such. They didn't have big, long expanses of fencing in order to mark out particular pastures and flocks. Instead, each shepherd would care for his own flock and would lead his flock to those pastures where they could feed and graze and where they could be watered. During the day, the shepherd would spend his time with the flock to guard them, to make sure that there aren't any predators, any wolves that would come and attack them, and also that there wouldn't be any thieves that would come and steal them. And so there's this relationship that builds between the shepherd and his sheep. So what happens when the shepherd knocks off for the day, when he himself needs to go and eat and sleep? Well, in the village, there was a sheepfold, a stone pen, into which the shepherds in that area could bring their flocks, and their flocks would be herded together and kept inside this stone pen. And so you'd have one gatekeeper who would let in all of the sheep, and the sheep then would be gathered together and kept safe for the night. That way, the shepherds could leave their flocks in safe keeping for the evening. Then in the morning, the shepherds would return, and they would call their flock to them. Now, because there was such a closeness between the sheep and the shepherd, these different flocks, which had all been mixed together, would be able to separate themselves quite easily because the sheep, as Jesus says, know the sound of the shepherd's voice and the shepherd is able to call each sheep one by one. Having gathered his flock then, the shepherd would lead them back to the green pastures, back to the flowing waters to allow them to graze. So knowing a little of the background, let's listen again to what Jesus tells his disciples. He says, I tell you most solemnly, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold through the gate, but gets in some other way is a thief and a brigand. Fair enough. If the gatekeeper is looking after the sheepfold, then the gatekeeper doesn't let in anyone through the gate who does not have a claim over these sheep. And so anyone who climbs over the wall, that's a thief. That's a brigand. The one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the flock. The gatekeeper lets him in. The sheep hear his voice. One by one, he calls his own sheep and leads them out. And when he has brought out his flock, he goes ahead of them. And the sheep follow because they know his voice. They never follow a stranger but run away from him. They do not recognize the voice of strangers. Now, Jesus goes on to describe himself as the good shepherd. And I suppose we're very familiar with that picture of Jesus being the one who leads the flock, the sheep being the ones who know his voice and who follow him. But before Jesus goes down the path of describing himself as the good shepherd, he first says that I am the gate. And I suppose this is an image that we're a little less familiar with. So the disciples ask Jesus to explain the parable which he's just told them. And he says, I tell you most solemnly, I am the gate of the sheepfold. Remember the sheepfold being that stone pen where the sheep of the flocks are brought together and kept safe for the night. So that's me, says Jesus. I'm the one who keeps the sheep safe. And I'm the one who brings together the sheep and their shepherd. Because it's through the gate that the sheep enter, and it's through the gate 
that the true shepherd is united with his sheep. Anyone who has access to the sheep but not through the gate is a thief because the gatekeeper, of course, doesn't allow anyone who's not the shepherd to have access to the sheep. Anyone who gets into the sheep must have climbed the wall and not entered through the gate. Jesus says, I am the gate. I am the one who brings together the sheep and the shepherd. I am the one who keeps safe the flock for the shepherd. So says Jesus, anyone who enters through me will be safe. He will go freely in and out and be sure of finding pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it to the full. Now, at this point, we might wonder, hang on a second, I thought Jesus was the shepherd, now he's the gate? Well, there's kind of a double image that's being employed. Jesus first describes himself as the gate, the one to unite the sheep and the shepherd. And this links together an image from the Old Testament. You see, in the prophet Ezekiel, the prophet condemns the priests and leaders of the people of Israel for having been such terrible shepherds. Not for having served the flock, but instead for having fleeced the flock. And God makes a promise. He tells the people of Israel that he himself will come and shepherd them. He will be the one to take back the leadership of his own flock because the shepherds have been such terrible servants of the flock. And so there's the expectation in Israel that God will become their shepherd. And we see this then in the responsorial psalm, that most famous of all psalms, Psalm number 23. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. There's nothing that I'll lack because he will be the one to lead me to green pastures and flowing waters. And so when Jesus describes himself as the gate, he is the one who makes possible the uniting of the shepherd with the flock, the shepherd and his sheep, because he is the gate who has gathered together the sheep and kept them safe and who opens up to allow the shepherd to enter and take possession of his sheep once more. Now, later on, Jesus will expand this image to describe himself also as the shepherd of the flock. And this is a clear reference then to Jesus knowing himself to be the holy presence of God in the midst of his people. Because indeed, the prophet Ezekiel's right. God will take possession of his flock. And it is Jesus who is the presence of God who leads his people now. But in this first step, before Jesus starts talking about himself as being the good shepherd, he first describes himself as the gate. The one who keeps the sheep safe through the night, guarding and defending them from the brigand who would seek to steal and destroy. But the gate also that brings together the sheep and the true shepherd in the morning. So Jesus first describes himself as the gate because he is the one who brings God, the true shepherd, so very close to his sheep. So close, in fact, that Jesus will go on to say that, in fact, I am the true shepherd. And so he turns out to be both the gate who brings together God and his people and the presence of God who calls his flock to himself. 
The fourth Sunday of Easter is often called Good Shepherd Sunday because the Gospel comes from this tenth chapter of John's Gospel, where Jesus gives the discourse about himself as the gate and as the Good Shepherd, but also because this is the world day of prayer for vocations to the priesthood and the religious life. This Sunday is dedicated particularly that we would pray that those that Christ calls to himself, in particular service and ministry of the flock, would respond to the voice of the shepherd and take up the mission of shepherding his people. But not shepherding his people in any old way, in shepherding his people in the way in which he himself has laid down his life for his flock. So pray first of all for an increase in vocations to the priesthood and to the religious life so that the flock may never be in want of those who would lead them to green pastures and flowing waters. But secondly as well, to pray particularly for our bishops and our priests, that they would be not only good shepherds, but also the gate. The one who keeps the flock safe during the night, the one who is able to protect and defend them from thieves and brigands, and the one who is able to bring together the flock and their true shepherd, Jesus the Lord. And now let's together profess our faith by praying the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ in our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God.
And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that, as you did at Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God our Father.